Hey everyone, it's your host Melissa at Strange, Strange, Beyond Insane, and today I want to talk about the Roth House in um, Watseka, or Watsika, however you say it, Illinois. Uh, my friend Christine and I will be going and staying there for two nights um, next week, um, over the weekend. I'm super excited. So let me give you guys a little bit of a backstory. <clears throat> so... This is the story of the first documented possession that ever took place. Tales of paranormal activity date back thousands of years, but a tiny Illinois town holds the distinction of being the site of America's first documented demonic possession. <coughs> okay, excuse me. All right, so today, Watsika, Illinois, is a quiet Midwestern town nestled among wide swaths I'm sorry, of farmland about halfway between Chicago and Champaign. In the late 1800s, tales of paranormal happenings in the tiny town were spreading throughout the nation's newspapers, making Watsika a household name. Mary Roth was a baby when she first had her catalopic fit, and the incidents became worse as she grew. When the girl grew old enough to speak, she told her parents, Dorothy and Asa, I think, um, that she could speak to spirits when she was in one of her trances. As a teenager, Mary gained the ability to read any book while completely blindfolded and was prone to hours long. Fits where it took up to about five grown men to hold her down. She often cut herself with knives, hoping to bleed off a pressure she said she felt in her head. She began hearing voices and began speaking in different languages, and she had no way of knowing that. And this is according to the history of the house and Mary. Okay, so her desperate parents wanted a care for her daughter and ultimately decided to commit her to an insane asylum, hoping that she could be treated. Mary died at the age of 19 in 1865. Okay, so this article reads on Mary, Mary, quite the contrary. It turns out that Mary was neither truly gone nor happy um, about the death of her body. So on July 11th, 1877, another young woman in Watsika, Illinois, Lauren C. Venom, I believe, told her mother she didn't feel well and laid down. Much like Mary Roth, 13-year-old Lauren C. suddenly became became prone to long trances where she spoke in different voices and gave details about places she had she has never been. The girl also told her told her parents that she has been communicating with the spirits of two older siblings who had died many years before. According to Morbidology, doctors wanted the Venoms to send their daughter to an asylum, but they had refused. Asa Roth, still reeling from the death of his daughter, wanted to see his other girl with an eerily similar affliction. Asa and a spiritualist who visited the Venom home noted that Laurency would introduce herself as different people, including an elderly German woman and a little boy. After meeting Asa, Laurency introduced herself as Mary, and she asked to go home. Laurency's body inhibited by Mary's spirit, went to the Roth house and lived as Mary for months, even visiting Mary's friends. Ten months after Laurency first fell into a trance, the voice of Mary informed the Roths that Laurency's spirit was healed and that she had returned. 
When Mary's spirit replenished control of Laurency's body, Laurency was reportedly healed and lived a relatively normal life, according to an Illinois Library article. Mary finally seemed to rest. Something still lingers, though, this reads. In an episode of Ghost Brothers, lights out, Dallin, Juan, and Marcus head out to see what's still lurking in the Roth house. Hauntings there have report- reportedly turned dark and aggressive throughout the last hundred of years, with a variety of spirits and sometimes violent entities telling, pe- I'm sorry, telling paranormal investigators to get out. So, um, I'm going to open up another article, but I am very excited um, to visit this house in Illinois. It's only going to be Christina and I. Um, so, we will get there Friday. Or wait, is it Saturday? I'm sorry. Yeah, we'll get there Friday. Um, we'll be able to check in at 4 p.m. And then we will stay the night. And then we'll be there all day Saturday and be able to spend the night um, Saturday too. And then we'll head home. I believe it's just over five hours that we have to drive. So that's going to be really, 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 really exciting. So I'm going to open up another article um, by American Hauntings. And this one is called The Possessed, the true story of the Watsika Wonder. So again, this is in 1878, a small town in Illinois um, gained all this popularity about this girl, Mary, that was possessed. So, author Troy Taylor has spent years delving into the facts behind this chilling story, searching through dusty records, wandering through old graveyards, and visiting the sites associated with the case. This book, which is the first full-length nonfiction title to be written about the case since 1879, it unveils the true facts behind what occurred in Watsika, in the 1870s and allows the reader to judge for himself whether Laurency Venom was truly possessed by the spirit of Mary Roth. This eye-opening and sometimes terrifying book is a must-have title for anyone with an interest in the mysterious and fascination with the unexplained. So this book is called The Possessed, the true story of the um, Watsika Wonder, and this is by Troy Taylor. And um, it also reads, Can the dead return? And can they inhabit the bodies of the living? Okay, so the story of the Watsika Wonder officially began in 1877 when a young Illinois woman named Laurency Venom began to suffer strange seizures and spells that caused her to lose consciousness for hours and even days at a time. During these trances, she claimed to communicate with the spirit world. After being examined by a number of doctors, it was suggested that she had been sent away in an insane asylum. There was nothing physically wrong with her, they said, so her symptoms could be, I'm sorry, her symptoms could only be caused by insanity. Um, so this just goes on again about a man named Asa Roth, whose daughter, Mary, so the original story um, about the Mary girl um, being possessed. Again, this was documented, so this was this did really happen. So Mary suffered from the same illness more than a decade before. So I think it's really important to know that this happened a whole 10 years before this next young woman was talking about um, all these quote unquote insane, you know, um, 
things and going on these rants because it's not like Mary had died and then it just happened, you know, quickly after. I mean, this is a whole another decade. All right, so it says, by the winter of 1878, Asa Roth had became a follower of spiritualism and believed that Mary had not been insane. So again, Asa Roth is her dad, Mary's dad. She had been a gifted but misunderstood spirit medium. He begged the, the Venom family not to send Laurency away. He believed that a spiritualist, spiritualist physician could alleviate her symptoms and save her from Mary Roth's grim fate. Okay, so soon it becomes obvious to the Roth and Venom families, as well as scores of local townspeople, neighbors, friends, relatives, and more, that Laurency has somehow became a woman who died more than a dozen years earlier. She recognizes people that Mary knew, identified things that belonged to the dead girl, and knows intimate family secrets that there was that there was o- that there was other way that Laurency could have known. It seemed impossible, but it was happening. So for the next five months, Laurency lived as Mary Roth. So this article kind of like shows, or I'm sorry, tells you that she actually lived inside Mary's old house as quote unquote Mary Roth. Um, Whether that's like a role play or she really was being possessed by Mary. Um, So she lived in the, the, the Roth home. Let's see. For five months. That's fucking crazy. So has anyone... So right now I am actually doing a live on podcast too. So anyone on here, has anyone been to the Roth house? Illuminate the Beyond. So that is someone on here um, that I interact with quite a bit. I know they've been like everywhere. Um, I would like to get a lot of feedback about this place because this is the first time that um, I am just going with Christina alone. Um, I know she's a little bit nervous. I'm actually, I don't know if I'm nervous. I'm more like excited, anxious about this. Um, I I really cannot wait until, you know, we can actually get in there. And it'll be nice too because we'll have a lot of time to like set up and hang out. Um, now, another thing that I want to look up is the Haunting of the Grave Mary. Let's see. Haunted Grave in Illinois. Because we're trying to find a um, – see if there's a connection with this Mary and this other Mary that I have watched so many videos and looked up a lot of information. So this Mary – is supposedly buried at Resurrection Cemetery in Justice, Illinois. It's about a 30-minute drive of southwest of Chicago. This burial ground gives Mary her stomping grounds as well as her iconic name, which is Resurrection Mary. So let me open up some articles about her. All right, so this article is from Arts and Culture. And it starts off saying, Meet Resurrection Mary, the ghost of Archer Avenue. Just southwest of Chicago and Archer Avenue in Justice, Illinois, across the street from Resurrection Cemetery, is a bar called Shet's Melody Lounge. Shet's is a classic roadside tavern with a pool table, a jukebox, a popcorn machine, and a large clientele of bikers. 
but Chet's has an unusual tradition. Every Sunday, the staff leaves a Bloody Mary at the end of the bar for a ghost. The ghost's name is Resurrection Mary, and she has haunted the stretch of Archer since the 1930s when she was picked up by young men dancing to the big bands at the O. Henry Ballroom. An old South Sider named Vince was still telling his res- Resurrection Mary story to paranormal investigators half a century after it happened. When he did, he sounded just as haunted as he'd been the night he met the ghost. Before he went out dancing that evening, Vince put on his favorite suit, a double-breasted gray number with squared-off shoulders, and his most colorful tie, red with Hawaiian hula girls in grass skirts. He cruised Archer Avenue with the top down on his Chevy Cabriolet. The night, the night was warm, and he and he had slicked he had slicked back his hair with enough bristle cream to keep the wind from mussing it. The O. The o Henry Ballroom was going to be jumping, as it always was on Saturdays. Vince had danced to some of the biggest of the bands there. Harry James, Artie Shaw, Tommy Dorsey. Tonight was just Chet, Bar Suits, and his Merry Men from the southwest side of Chicago. But even the local combos knew all the hot numbers on the hit parade. Inside the ballroom, Vince spent the first half hour drowning enough Cuba Labres and smoking enough Lucky Strikes to work up the courage to ask a girl for a dance. By the time the band had started on jumping at the woodside, he was in bold state of mind. So a little bit of liquid courage. It's always good. Spotting a pretty blonde girl in a white dress, he said as casually as he could manage, Hey, it ain't right to stand still for Count Bassie. Why don't we cut a rug on this one? The girl smiled and they joined the jitterbugging throng on the parquet floor. The band played a few more fast numbers, Boogie Woogie and Jeepers Creepers. Oh, I love that song. Very creepy, but I I absolutely love Jeepers Creepers, and I'm always singing it. Okay, so Vince didn't get a chance to talk to his partner. That he didn't mind too much. Sometimes girls asked what he did for a living. He was a bookkeeper at the Union Stockyards. Even though he didn't work anywhere near the slaughterhouse, that gave some girls the willies. When the band came in to begin the Bajin, I think, Vince was finally able to get close to his partner. Her name was Mary, and she lived, she said, on Damon Avenue in the Brighton Park neighborhood. That wasn't far from where Vince lived in the house he shared with his parents, something else he didn't like to tell the girls. As they slow danced, he noticed for the first time that the girl's hands were very cold. Her skin was very brittle. Mary seemed to notice that he noticed it, so he made what he hoped was lighthearted remark, Cold hands mean you have a warm heart. Mary smiled, and they danced together for the rest of the evening. After the final number, Vince offered Mary a ride home. Her place was just a straight shot up. Ar- I'm sorry, it was just a straight shot up Archer. But after they had driven north for a few miles, Mary insisted he pull the car over outside the locked gates of Resurrection Cemetery, the graveyard of Chicago's Polish community. Vince was baffled. But he complied. Mary opened the door and stepped out onto the roadside. I have to go, and you can't follow me, she said. Then she walked 
toward the gates, laid a hand on the iron chain that bound the gates together, and then vanished. Vin spent the rest of the night driving his Chevy up and down Archer Avenue, looking for a blonde girl in a white dress. He drove until dawn, and then when the cemetery gates opened, he drove through the rows of tombstones engraved with crosses and angels and names such as Butkowski and Gwazida and Pitch. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm horrible with names. On um, Pitrozik, I think. He was, impe- he was impelled not simply by the mystery of having seen a ghost, but by the hope that the girl had dan- that he had danced with was not a ghost and that he could dance with her again on some future night. Catching no sight of Mary, he decided finally to drive to the address that she had given him before they got into his car. It was a brick bungalow on a street of nearly identical houses separated by concrete gangways a few feet wide. Only the adornments on the porches and in the yards with American flags, a statue of the Virgin in a half bathtub (laughs) was different of the dwellings. Again, you guys, I'm reading from an article. All right, so Vince rang the doorbell. His eyes were red with sleepiness. His dark beard had not been shaven for a day, and his hair had fallen loose over his forehead. The middle-aged woman who answered the door looked startled by the young caller's dishelvement. She looked even more startled when Vince asked, Is Mary home? Now, this is the part of the story that I've never heard. So this is actually um, very interesting to me because I never knew that he actually went to her house and talked to anybody. Mary does not live here anymore, said the woman. She looked old enough and enough like Mary to be her mother. Mary died in a car accident four years ago. Who are you, she asked. He says, I knew Mary in high school, Vince obviously lied. It was the only plausible story for why he had been unaware of her death. And then the mother replied with, and you didn't know? He said, I went off to college downstate after I graduated. That much was true. He had attended Illinois State University. I just moved back to Chicago. Looking past the woman who was blocking the doorway, Vince spied a framed photo resting atop a piano in the front room. It was a girl he had danced with the night before. An ever youthful face, never to age, the face of a ghost. I am sorry to be the one to tell you, the woman said. Mary went out dancing with some boys she worked with at Brock's, but they never made it to the dance hall. One of the boys crashed the car into the L at Walker and Lake. Mary was thrown through the windshield and died on the way to the hospital. He replied with, I'm sorry to hear that retreating down the steps, and then he turned around and said, I'm sorry for your loss. The mother then replied to Vince and said, if you want to visit Mary's grave, she's buried in Resurrection Cemetery. Wow. Vince never returned to the O. Henry Ballroom or to the Resurrection Cemetery. He had never learned Mary's last name, so he could not have located her tombstone. In fact, he was so shaken by having danced with a ghost that he never set foot in a dance hall again. But Resurrection Mary, as the girl's ghost came to be known, continued to haunt Archer Avenue. 
When the Big Bang era ended after the war, Mary rested quietly in her grave because the music she had hoped to dance to on her final night among the living was no longer heard at the O. Henry. But in the 1970s, her ghost rose again. Mary's family, not being wealthy, had buried her in a term grave, a rented plot that only held remains for a quarter of a century. By the time the term expired, all of Mary's loved ones had joined her in the cemetery, leaving no one alive to renew it. During a renovation, Mary's coffin was removed to an unmarked grave in a remote corner of the cemetery. One night, a suburban police officer received a report of a woman in a white dress walking through the grounds of Resurrection Cemetery. When he arrived at the gates, he found two bars pried apart with scorch marks where a pair of hands would have gripped them. The following year, a couple driving down Archer Avenue saw a girl wearing the same white dress lying in the street. The man at the wheel swerved to avoid her, but she disappeared before his tires could make contact. In the 1990s, the owner of Chet's Melody, I'm sorry, Chet's Melody Lounge was pulling out of the driveway when he saw a man running up the road, waving desperately. I need to use your phone, the man said in a stricken voice. I hit a woman back there, but I cannot find her body. Was she a blonde woman in a white dress, the owner asked. The guy says, how did you know? The man replied with, that was Resurrection Mary. Don't worry, you did not hit anyone. Despite these re reappearances on Archer Avenue, Mary has yet to drink her Bloody Mary at Chet's. When a ghost is roaming your neighborhood, though, you have to be ready to soothe her restless spirit. Okay, so that is the tale of Resurrection Mary. Um, I think Christina's on here. Hey, Christina, um, I'm doing a podcast right now about where we're going next week, and I'm um, just doing a live TikTok, too, on um, Resurrection Mary. And um, I guess we're going to have to look up how further this place is because we need to go check. I have been – I've heard so many – fucking stories about Resurrection Mary. Um, I've talked to Tom about it. I've talked to a lot of people in the paranormal world that are like really knowledgeable and actually really interested too. Um, so it's definitely something that I want to go see. So we will have to figure out um, how, like what the distance is. Actually, let's see. I'm going to do it right now while I have everyone on here. So Resurrection Mary... That's Archer Avenue. So let's see. Archer Avenue. Avenue to Watsika. Okay, Christina, it's a hour and 33 minute um, drive. So if you're interested, we can go. Um, but I really think we should go try. So I don't know because I'm guessing you just got off of work. I'm not sure how much you um, heard of this episode. But I think her grave now they're saying is unmarked. So, yes, from the Airbnb. Yep. Again, you guys, I'm on TikTok Live. And Christina just happened to be on here on my live and um, while I'm podcasting. So... I will definitely have more content um, 
soon after we um, go out to this place and stay for a couple of days. And we will definitely be doing some live podcasting from this house. And like I said, I'm really looking forward to it just being Christina and I and being relaxed and like having time to just set up and like hang out. I'd like to have some wine this time to unwind, right? Because we're always in such a rush when we do anything paranormal, like trips actually, like big trips. Um, You know, we can never seem to be on time or we're always rushing or we forget something at home or something doesn't work or we forgot to grab another, you know, piece of equipment. So um, I think this is going to be a great trip. Christina says, okay, well, we got two days so we can definitely hit that up. All right, she says, let's do it. So I guess we're going to do it. So her and I will again. And Christina, I'm sure you could help me pronounce. I think it's um, Watsika, Illinois. The Roth House is where we're going. And then we're also going to visit Resurrection Mary or Resurrection Cemetery on Archer Avenue. And like I said, there's been a lot of reports of people seeing her um, and even interacting with her. So... Thank you guys for tuning in at Strange, Strange, Beyond Insane. And again, you guys can find me on TikTok. You guys can listen to our podcast on Spotify, Amazon, Apple, um, anywhere where you listen to podcasts at. Uh, so the YouTube channel is starting. It is not, it, it's still um, in the works. So that's, like I said, again, that's going to take a while. And again, if you guys ever want to be on here, send me suggestions, talk, um, send pictures, videos, anything, interact in any way with the podcast. You can always email me at ghostsisters2124 at gmail. That's ghostsisters2124 at gmail. All right, you guys, thanks for listening and tune in soon.